Welcome to the History After Dark podcast. Not for the faint-hearted, History After Dark gets spicy, digs in the dirt and talks about topics not suitable for the dinner table. All with a big dose of humour and the odd swear word or two. So put in your headphones and enjoy this alternative look at history with your hosts. Philippa Brule from British History. Dr Cat from Reading the Past. And Catherine Brooks, the Tudor Tracker. Hi everyone, thank you for joining to see you all joining um so feel free to uh engage with us tonight uh comments say hi whatever so we're talking about possibly the um the, the king with the worst reputation and in, mm. in british and english history and to be fair there's a few <laughs> you think it's that quite could stiff be. competition isn't there yes yes it is. and yet and yes. We think we think this one may he well take up to the mark the crown well, of shit. Yeah, I mean, I think it speaks volumes that we have a person who is next in line to the throne whose first name is Charles. That may not be his regnal name. So the Queen called her eldest son Charles a king who was actually executed, but there has not. There's been one John. There is no John the Second. Indeed. That's it. <laughs> Indeed. So tonight's topic of conversation is King John. And as Kat says, no one <laughs> has even even gone there. Even, yeah, I don't think anyone's even a named Prince John. a son John mm. ever not since. That I know of. No. Um, certainly not had a King John again. Um, so he's just simply King John, not King John the first, because you have to be, there has to be a second for you to be <laughs> first. Um, <laughs> um, but he, I mean, he is, well, we're going to go through some of the things <clears throat> that he, that he got up to. Now, um, do, do either of you ladies want to pick up how he fits in to uh, our line of kings? Do you want, does any, either of you want to talk about I'm that? I'm going to let Kat do that because she did a video on that a little while ago, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did do the line of kings. I also did. I also did one on King John as well, so you can yes. you can check it. Um, so just Thomas Bobby and what, Prince John, the one that had epilepsy. Do you know what one? It was a uh, 20th century Johnny. There was a film about that, wasn't there? Um, was that one of Victoria's? No, I don't know. Or one of her ch- grandchildren. That rings a bell, actually. Um, Yes, probably a probably a prince, Prince John. They called Johnny. Yes, mm. um, T E S. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Indeed. So there wasn't. There has been a Prince John, but he was he was nowhere near to the um, throne. Oh, Edward's so, brother. Oh. Ah. Mm. Um, so where are John fits in? John the first. We'll call him the only John. Uh, he is the youngest surviving son of king henry the second king henry the second is the son of the empress matilda who came within a hair's breadth of sitting on the english throne had it not been for her nefarious cousin stephen and uh, a period of civil war known as the anarchy so matilda ends up being in line the throne because of the white ship disaster so her elder her brother, elder brother, is uh, killed in the white ship disaster. Her, her 
father's original heir and he doesn't have time to produce another one so he makes his barons swear they'll take Matilda on as the heir they're like yeah totes and then he dies and they're like oh well she's not here so we'll just he um... died 15 years later I mean he really didn't he I know didn't work hard enough <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 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 oh, you're a king you're supposed to be praying it about a bit for love of God that's a fair point years. didn't manage it <laughs> what's going um, on there then Henry <laughs> so yeah she was she was abroad and uh didn't have a brother another brother um to her name uh and uh she didn't end up sitting on the throne but what did happen was that Stephen effectively had to capitulate and say that you know I have now lost my heir so I will recognize Matilda's son Henry as my heir so therefore um he sits on the throne and Henry is mm. Henry the second is a is a difficult king if you are his wife or sons um so <laughs> there's a lot of disloyalty but i would mm. argue that he brings it on himself but maybe i will pause there and just say that's where he fits in he's uh john is henry the second son he is far far from the line of succession um and we can talk a little bit about uh what that means for him as a princeling if you like in a bit mm. Because I think didn't in in his when his father died in his inheritance, I don't think John got John got left money. I think didn't he? Because he had what three elder brothers? I'm not sure if they all pre all survived their father. I can't quite remember. Only but I don't one. think he had one older brother, didn't he, Richard, who Just, Richard. survived? Yeah, who became yes. Richard the first? Yeah, yes. So Richard, and yeah. Um, I think yeah. his father. I might be wrong here. I think he promised him he would left in some John some lands or something. Mm, he, mm. I think, I'm not so he's, he's sure. known as he's he's known as John Lackland, which is a nickname that may have been given to him by his father. And it seems in many ways that what uh, Henry is doing there is reminding himself of something he doesn't actually like. Uh, he doesn't because everyone says that John is Henry's favourite son, um, mm. and so he does start. Before his death, he does start trying to pile positions on him. Actually, this is maybe this is a good time to do it uh, to talk about the early life of the prince. I've got some. I've got my notes because there are dates involved, and I'm not good with that. <laughs> so he's born uh, the the period that's offered is Christmas tide between 1166 1167. So that's the 25th of December to the 6th of January. Um, so. In 1173, Henry decides that John, who at this point is aged around six, should have Chillon, Loudon and Mirabeau as his own, right? Which is fine, except that at this point, his eldest surviving brother at that time, Henry, the young king, who had in fact been crowned, but his father wouldn't give him any power, they were all his. So he was like, no, you can't just give my brother stuff. Who he's six? What are you doing? <laughs> um, then in the next year, when he's seven, he receives grants that earn him a thousand pounds in England and a thousand leave in Normandy and Anjou. That's annually. The next year, the heirs of the Earl of Cornwall are disinherited, so that Henry can reserve the Earl's estates for John's use. Um, the next year, 1176, so John's nine, he is betrothed to Isabella of Gloucester. And it, that happens in such a way that it disinherits Isabella's sisters and their husbands from the patriarch of that family, William, Earl of Gloucester's inheritance. 
In May 1177, Henry II named John as King of Ireland. He asked the Pope to send him a crown. So it looks very much like he's doing everything he can to give him titles, financial support, whatever he can do. But I, as I point out in the video that I made, I think this is about the fact that John is nice and um, under the age of 11. So <laughs> he, whatever Henry puts on his back and gives to him, Henry's still completely in control of it. There's, there's going to be a good eight years before that child is is in his majority and potentially chomping at the bit to have control like his older brothers are. Um, and more on that in a moment, no doubt. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't this a bit where though it all comes undone between Henry and all his sons is that he he's really bad at relinquishing any power and, and this huge resentment builds up. Um, yeah. And, and actually culminates in, in a, um, what's the word? Rebellion. A, like a, a rebellion against, against yeah. the father in which I think John's involved and Henry appears to be really gutted when he finds out that John's involved. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they, they team up with the French king um, and he's not aware that John's involved until essentially the chroniclers say that Henry finds out near to his deathbed. Basically, when he's signing the documents of capitulation, um, he realises that he's stuck in a wrong and hard place. He, he, at that point, he sees that John is one of the people that's rebelled against him. And people claim that that, in fact, killed Henry. So so John gets blamed for, for his uh, father's death for rebelling. <laughs> there had been an earlier rebellion, hadn't there, with the other brothers, not John, and also his wife, Isabella. Uh, no, not Isabella. Um and so John yeah. hadn't been involved at that time and maybe his youth had got something so maybe he really thought the others are horrible but John's all right yeah <laughs> not John yeah. didn't I rebel mean, against me he's my favorite to be <laughs> fair though Henry Henry was asking for it with with Eleanor because like he started buggering about with her lands in Aquitaine and like risked the land of Aquitaine and Eleanor was like absolutely not like I have come and given you a bunch of kids um i am super famous and you are the king of a <laughs> rinky dink land of england and some french territories i don't know who you think you are sir but aquitaine is mine and stop like pissing at my leg oh that's the point we should mention <laughs> kids this is history after dark i've got a filthy mouth we all have um they might be swearing <laughs> If you've got little ears listening to this or you're at work, this is probably NSFW. So headphones at all yeah. times. Which, I, which I, I didn't know what NSFW meant until a couple of weeks ago. So not suitable for work. Yes. My daughter who doesn't even work is looking at me like, oh, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're not down with the kids. I am a constant embarrassment. And this is what happens, you two, when your kids hit 12 Anyway, but yes, as, as Kat says, I, I didn't do the, the forewarned is forearmed uh, bit at the beginning. But yeah, so uh, this is History After Dark. We do not put any reins on, particularly as to what we say or how we say it. Um, so yeah, if you are of a nervous disposition or you have <laughs> people around who you do not want to repeat anything that you wouldn't want to talk about at the dinner table in front of granny, then maybe keep us for later check back in this will be on this will be on my instagram later or you, and in the future uh, or, or you will be able to 
or maybe not <laughs> and in future you'll be able to listen to the podcast which is we, i've decided we're launching in the new year did i tell you ladies that? Sure. <laughs> thanks no good good to know good to know thanks <laughs> good times just be realistic it'll be a new year's gift for everybody um to, to listen back to our, our yeah a little new year's present um so sorry yes where did we get to so um so so john's father henry not he's a problem He's a problem. He's a problem. <laughs> he is a problem. And he, so he, yes, you're, so, right, I'm, I'm remembering now. So he is predeceased by two of his sons. Yeah. yeah he, and, Jeffrey. Uh, and Jeffrey, yes. Jeffrey, so that leaves Jeffrey Richard and John. Has, so that leaves Richard and John. I hope you're keeping up, everyone. Make notes. Make notes. Um, There's a test at the I, end. I am. <laughs> um, and uh, Jeffrey has a son called Arthur who mm. will, um, will come up in the story later on. So remember yeah. his name. Um, so Henry dies and is succeeded to the throne by Richard, who gets the um, the moniker, mm. the Lionheart. It's all that crusading. Yeah. 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 He, he basically He's... spends, what, six months in England of 10-year reign or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, it costs us a lot of money as well. He basically uses England as a cash cow to uh, to provide money for his crusades um, mm. on the mainland. Um, and he's, he, I mean, anyway, he's, he's a whole other story. But anyway, meanwhile, John, I think, doesn't John try and sort of, he sort of tries to gain a bit of, to be fair, he's the one left here, but, you know, tries to gain more influence whilst Richard is away. Yeah, that's right, so, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. so um, should I jump in with that, or just if, if yeah, yeah, all, but, uh, I think uh, his mum has a has a bit of an influence still at this point, doesn't she? Yeah. So um, Richard leaves essentially two regents. Um, one is his mother, but he when he first comes to the throne, he's like, you know, I know John that Daddy promised you lots of things, lots of money, lots of land, <laughs> so I give it to you. But here's the deal, my friend: you cannot come to England for three years. So I'm going to go off. I'm going to go off to crusade and you can't be in England for three years. Deals? Deals. And so John's like, yeah, that's totes fine. I prom. I totally promise that that's what I'll do. I will just foxtrot Oscar. Just I'm, like that, you know. I'm, but in French and I can't speak French. So imagine that's it. I'm speaking medieval French. And he's like, dude, I totes promise that I will definitely not um, fuck your shit up. Um, he lasts a year. God bless him. He lasts a year and then he turns up in England and he's like, um... This dude that you've left as the regent, I'm not happy about it. So he basically just starts a fight with him. <laughs> um, and his mum is like, can you calm down? Um, because this is just not the one. And he's just constantly egging stuff on. He thinks if he unseats this regent, that he'll be the regent. He's not the regent. He then teams up with the French king. The French king... It's essentially this family keeps falling out and various French monarchs, um, <laughs> father and then son, stick their sticky beak in and create the problem and make it worse. <laughs> so um, the problem then emerges is that when Richard is coming back from crusade, he gets captured mm. and held for ransom. Um, Which was a stupid then- thing to do. Yeah, mm. by the then Holy Roman Emperor. So he's uh, waiting on a ransom and John is just kicking off in England, trying to like team up with the French to take the throne, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, mm. Eventually, he's subdued because the only people that are really turning up for John at this point are people that have been paid mercenaries. And mercs have their place in medieval and early modern warfare, but you can't really trust them because they have other homes to go to. So they can, if you're not feeding them or paying them, they will just leave. Um, so what happens is John is told, look, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll let you off the hook if you contribute to your brother's ransom. And John's like, cool, 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 cool. But then he tries to get some of his castles back and the people that are holding them are like, no, mate, we're not doing that. And so then he's like, well, then I'm going to go and be friends with the French again. Oh, the French king is now my best buddy and I hate you all. Um, but Richard is, Richard is then freed from captivity. And the first thing John does is he then goes to Richard's side. And he's like, can you please be my friend again? I'm going, I'm sorry. I did a whoopsie. Um, and Richard's like, yeah, cool. I forgive you. And then he comes back and he's king. And for, uh, we think that he uh, is convinced that John is trustworthy enough because he probably creeps and crawls like the slippery snake he is. Uh, mm. He managed to convince his brother to trust him enough to name him as his heir. Problems mm. for that because whether or not John should have been the heir is is uh, is an issue mm. that we can discuss. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so mm. essentially Richard is very forgiving of this petulant foot stampy mm. treasonous man child. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent is Excellent a is great a word, word for, for him. Yeah, um, it, it, I mean, even his contemporaries are like already, uh, you know, at times. And I'm wondering whether this feeds into why Richard sort of forgave him. Is it's just inept? I don't. I don't know if they credited him with any ability to actually do any of the stuff he's kicking off about. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm, it's like, yeah, maybe. He's, he's just having tantrums all over the place. Where is the actual abilities being shown and is a bit lacking? Yeah. I mean, he had asked to go off on crusade. He'd asked daddy, he'd be like, please, can I go on crusade? I want to. And his dad was like, no, but what you could do is you could go to Ireland Ooh. and you could subdue <laughs> the Irish nobles because they're misbehaving. And so John does, and he it mismanages the money. He misdirects the troops like he probably embezzles we think and essentially it's an it's an enormous failure <laughs> so <laughs> the irish campaign was an enormous failure a bit like the rest of his life really yeah he's he's mm. not good at it's not being great, a person no. <laughs> <laughs> he failed no. at being human which when you are so, human uh, is quite a big problem <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah it's a little bit of a shortcoming um <laughs> Hmm. Now, John. So, so Richard the Lionheart dies in quite amusing circumstances, in my opinion. <laughs> Just he, he goes back. He's in France. Where's he? Where's he go? He goes somewhere to try and recapture something. Yeah, some standard. Castle anyway, yeah, standard. 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 One of them things yeah. he's doing, and a and a and um a. a Archer, oh my God! I was going to say Bowman. Where <laughs> am I today? <laughs> and Archer shoots him in the shoulder, and he's sort of like, "Good shot, old boy! <laughs> like, well done." Anyway, soon lives or not to regret it because he dies <laughs> from. I think does it get gangrenous and it Obviously. gets infected, and um, I think he gets blood poisoning and or whatever. And, and that's very and English. Oh, well done, it. old boy. Good. <laughs> 
it's quite amusing. So John finds himself king. I and I can't I, I can't remember what year. Is it eleven nineteen nine? No? Oh, let me find the date. I've got the date, date here. Before that, I Good think. evening, everyone. Oh no, maybe about then, because that's when he around that time he decides that the old wife needs to get gone. Right. For the pervy yeah. child bride. That is a little bit and that well, was Catherine, him. do you want to pick up this bit now then? Yes, about his his switch of wives. Well, like like a lot, and Kat may have bits to add into this, but like a lot of these things, this, this whole thing is incredibly complicated. And part of the reason mm. that this happened was because of him and one of the French people trying to annoy other people. So it wasn't like, this will be a lovely match and everyone will be really happy. It was more of a case of, right, I've got this child. I've had her because she'll be useful in some capacity to help me form some sort of an alliance. She's a bit young. Um, But if I do this, you know, that'll annoy them and that'll annoy him. And they're all like, yeah, we're, we're all down with that. And so all the finer details is I've, I've made so many notes. I couldn't, I couldn't cope. I'm so sorry. I couldn't cope with just breaking this down in tiny bits and tiny bits, but this poor girl. So he got rid of the previous wife, Isabella of Gloucester, because, Mm. um, he decided that now he was king. I think it was a bit like, well, I need to go a bit upmarket now. <laughs> She's only got Gloucester. She's only, yeah. What use <laughs> is this to me now? I don't know what the marriage was like. They didn't have any children, which doesn't necessarily mean, as we have discussed with other people in these situations, that it was a bad marriage. But I can't imagine that he was husband of the year. Can you? No. Or even oh, husband no. of the fortnight. Or of, of any, <laughs> just, just anything, really. And... um so he went down the um, the old annulling the marriage on, I can't say this word, consanguinity. Yeah. Yeah. That old chestnut. Oh, I thought it was all right. And now it's not. Because we're related. No because <laughs> we got married. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So again. Um, and so he got rid of it. Anyway, he had this poor young girl, also called Isabella. Isabella Dolonglem. Is that how you? Isabella of Angoulême. Yes. Angoulême. Angoulême. Which I only know because my husband spent a large part of his uh, life growing up there. So that's how I know how to pronounce it. Ah, (laughs) And I probably still butchered it, but Angoulême. I'm sure you did better than me. So I was like, is that how you say it? So this put now. The at that time, the sort of age to it was acceptable for a young girl to be married, according to the church, was 12. Oh, that gives us all a little bit of itchy teeth, doesn't it? But I was reading today that there are some sources that believe she could have been as young as 10. Now, by this point, John is 34. So that's just nasty in every conceivable way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he takes on this poor girl. It aggravates pretty much everybody apart from him. Um, it's hard to say how bothered his first wife was about this. I, I think she had been denied all sorts of things in her time. She didn't marry again. She never had children. But one of the very straight, well, you, you said mentioned Kat earlier that when um, Henry had John as a young boy, he gave him all these things. But of course, they remained essentially in his hands. So even though um, Isabella was a child, as queen, she still had quite a lot of things that were hers and she was entitled to. 
But she did not get those because all of the money, while King, while John was still alive and she was still queen, all of the money from her grants and her incomes and her lands basically went into the exchequer and she didn't see any of it. And of course, as well, this lack of income really restricted her freedoms, even without, you know, even if you took her age out, because completely she wasn't a child for the whole of their marriage. So it restricted what she did. But one of the really weird things, like the rest of it is not weird. One of the extra weird things is that when she wasn't at court with John or she wasn't at, was it, or at Marlborough, she was actually in the, in, at Winchester in the household of his first wife, Isabella. So now she... Um, well, so they had to raise her, didn't they? <laughs> Yeah. She, needed, she needed a foster mother, that's why. <laughs> well, it's Isabella, Isabella the first, even though she wasn't, well, yeah, she was queen, but Isabella was given an increase in her grant in order to accommodate the fact that, you know, she was looking after the Queen of England, she had the Queen of England with her. Now, some people say, well, you know, she didn't have children, she was on her own, maybe she liked, liked the companionship, maybe she was she would reach out to this child almost like a daughter because she was in her 30s or getting on for 40 herself at this point. So maybe there was like a little bit of a sort of a, a, a mother or a, a figure going on and maybe the company was nice for her. But then I also think she knows how vile it is to be married to this cretin. So maybe there was a little bit of empathy going on Maybe they used yeah. to sit round like bitching about him over the fire and their needlework. Do you know what I mean? Who else sure. would know? Who else would know what you're going through other than someone who's been through exactly yeah. the same? Can you imagine some of those conversations? Maybe you had to watch your mouth in those days because of, you know, the situation. But nowadays it'd be right bitch fest, wouldn't it? Do you know how he does that thing I don't like? Oh, yeah, that makes me feel sick. Yeah. Know, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to be one to be, come to ring into the defence of John. However, um, this child marriage thing, which makes, understandably, everybody uncomfortable, as it should. And yes, the uh, in noble families, it was not uncommon to marry girls as young as 12 and sometimes even younger and betrothals happen in the cradle. However, they did have some understanding about the dangers of childbirth and the notion of there's really no point in trying to make a baby with um, a child because it will jeopardise them. Their eyebrows are raised, put it that way, about Margaret Beaufort and how small mm. she is. Mm. Mm-hmm. They There would be conversations with um, among adults about whether or not a married couple should be put to bed. Um, there would be people involved and, and, Isabella of Angoulême is Mm. is not a minuscule, um, insignificant individual. There are going to be people with her who care for her welfare, Mm. and they aren't going to be allowing a man in his 30s to take her to bed. That isn't isn't happening. Um, She is there. He annuls his first marriage because it's not an international match, and he has somebody chomping at his heels Mm. who think they have arguably a better right to the throne than he does. So he needs an international match for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is more about securing the match, isn't it? The age is kind of, it's just an inconvenience if they're too young to actually start producing heirs, but it doesn't, yeah. it's not a barrier to creating that contract. Yeah, he's, he's basically, what he's got, a tw- what he's got is a 12 year old with international links who, but unfortunately, mm. it's the marriage is causing problems with the Lusignans. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. um, That's so her name. It's, That's it's causing conflict. He's also got to feed and clothe her and she's not producing any air. So in many ways, having her there is more expense than it should be for the first few years. She could be at her father's court being fed and clothed by him, but now she's his problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he was, he was giving his first wife, Isabella Foster, he was giving her another £30,000 a year for the time. And that's just for the time that she was at Winchester. Yeah. You know, so that's not that's not even the whole time. I mean, I suppose the good thing potentially about having a young bride is that she has, when you do start to have a more adult relationship, you have time to have maybe lots of heirs so yeah. but like you said I, th I think it's just that thought of it's a bit like but she was a child but yes hopefully yeah. there was enough protection around mm. her to um but we were talking though earlier today about john's reputation um as a seducer of women weren't we mm. Mm. yeah this this yeah. Bit, so i mean i think i think like cat says actually you know we're not going to come <laughs> very easily to to the defense of John but that's not that the marriage thing is not an unusual kind of situation mm -hmm. to find a king in um but he but he really really puts the backs up of of his nobles at court his barons because he's he seduces their wives and their daughters and we were discussing this earlier because I'm like seduction to me makes it sound like he persuaded them in a way that they were convinced that they wanted relationships with him and that didn't fit in with our perception of John but Kat you had quite an interesting insight into that yeah I mean I um I'm not sure what they mean by seduction and I think it's mm. possible that it doesn't have the kind of Casanova-y overtones that we see it having today um, and that seduction and coercion or corruption can be things. So in my in my mind, they're using it as in almost like in the Garden of Eden, that the devil takes on the form of the snake and seduces Eve to sin against God. So seduction has has it, in this period, I think it connotes sin, it connotes corrupt corruption, and it probably also connotes coercion. Um, and I think we also have to understand the perception of um, female sexuality and morality at the time uh, and indeed through the early modern period onwards. So when you have a humoral understanding of science, the notion is that women are imperfect men in every way, physically, mentally, morally. So it wouldn't take much um for a woman to be corrupted even if she doesn't necessarily want it because she's got that sneaky little wandering womb the, the hysterical womb that that moves around the body and does all sorts of strange things and um it's you know constantly hungry for fresh hot seed mm. so um wow that's a but interesting grotesque in way to put it <laughs> <laughs> so she may be willing it's not necessarily saying that he's a rapist. She may be willing, but she's her, she's not in her right mind because she's a weak-willed female, or he might be actively coercing. Mm. And and it does seem to be that the 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 blame is being placed on John. Yeah, for this, N not the women involved. He's he's really annoying. Um, yeah, the the men because he's doing this as opposed to they're not. You know, I, and I don't know with him being the king and. You know, 
is it yeah do you just give in because he's king I don't mm. know um I think yeah. I think so I think in in the context it's been meant it's mentioned in it's something that toes the line between an active act of sexual aggression I don't think it's that I don't think it's by mm. violence um and it's also not oh my gosh he's so handsome <laughs> I just want to lick his face it's not that either yeah. it's something that lives no. in the in-between world of that and okay. so therefore it's murky and confusing yeah and problematic yes yes to use to use a modern term for anything yeah. that we don't like um problematic <laughs> it's problematic that is um Thank you, everyone. I can see um, comments coming through. Uh, Perseverance, thank you. Loving this conversation, ladies. So we've actually been fairly kind to John so far. (laughs) You know, the seduction of ladies (laughs) is just a warm-up. Oh, goodness. So where do we start? Well, let's let's not move on before we've mentioned Magna Carta because that just has to be mentioned because that is probably where most people... They probably hear about Magna Carta first, I'd imagine. Or mm. unless they've watched Disney, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and uh, and the Sheriff of Nottingham type idea, um, but they're probably most people come to him through Magna Carta. Magna Carta sealed in twelve fifteen by John. Um, he has nothing to do with any goodness, good things that come out of Magna Carta. So his he's he's annoyed the barons to the point of civil war. They produce this, the articles of the barons, it's presented to him, and then you have this, this shuttle diplomacy that goes between the two camps that have been set up, one at Windsor and, and the barons are in London. They've taken um uh, they've taken um London. What do I want to say? Residence. Smart <laughs> <Smoke> word. <laughs> they've oh. moved in. They've, they've moved, moved in. into London. In. Oh goodness. <laughs> Control of London. <clears throat> um and um I'm going to, sorry, Hasti Salmanian. I hardly understand English, but I like listening to your conversation. My English is so bad <laughs> tonight. Yeah, that I can't I'm, speak I'm anyway, already. So. Anyway, so, so you've got the barons, the barons that have taken control of London. You've got John's camp at Windsor. He liked Windsor. And they're doing this shuttle diplomacy between the, the two, which I understand it as basically there's this. It's this list of demands. Let's take it down to my level. It goes to John's camp. He goes, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and then scribbles all over it. That goes back to the barons in London. They go, mm-hmm. and it goes like this. And eventually John just goes, oh, bugger it. And sticks his stamp on it, his seal on it. Because it's not finished. It's not completed. There are articles that aren't quite um aren't quite finished um notably the one that says there'll be 20 or so barons assigned to make sure that john follows it well they're never assigned um and and john gets it annulled it's it's done in the june and he gets it annulled by the pope in the october he has no intention Mm -hmm. of 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 keeping any of this um at all He, he he isn't going to do it um and in fact, he he. It, it, I think it's only because I he dies in twelve sixteen, the year after, that Magna Carta survives in the way it does because it gets reissued in the in the under the in the regency of his son. But um, so yeah, so so even the good thing that, that that's seen as Magna Carta that comes out of his reign isn't <laughs> anything to do with John. We can't credit him with that. He didn't he didn't come up with it, and he didn't mm. like it. 
and he'd have, and he tried to wipe it off the face of the earth. Now, um, I think there's um, two schools of thought as to whether the Magna Carta, how Magna Carta sort of came about. One, one of which says, well, Henry II, who we've already spoken about, and Richard I, so his father and his brother who, who, who preceded him, had both already annoyed the landowning classes in England. And then by the time it got to John, and John wasn't, I mean, he, he was crap on the battlefield. I think he had one victory <laughs> or something and everything, everything else he lost. He was losing the lands in France. So then he was spending mm-hmm. more time in England and just annoying people even further. <laughs> but, that it was kind, but it was kind of a culmination. And then Magna Carta just hit, um, what resulted in Magna Carta hit in John's reign. And then mm. there's the other school of thought that says, nah, John, <laughs> this, John created this situation all on his own. Because although his father and his brother had their shortcomings, most definitely, they didn't lose lands overseas and they didn't tax people uh, as much as, as John did and, they, and, and then go and lose it. I mean, they tax people, but they didn't, they sort of put it to good use if you see it that way. Um, and they weren't seducing everyone's, mothers wives and sisters and daughters mm-hmm. <laughs> so um i i think john was perfectly capable of um of creating the situ- he created the situation that came up with this um requirement yeah. to to basically throttle his power um imagine it says was it ever implemented though even after he died so Magna Carta was reissued in 1217 under the regency of Henry III, his son, uh, Justin London Tour says that as well. Um, and that was actually the brainchild of William Marshall, mm. who, who, who um, reissued it as a royal charter. So instead of the original one was basically this list, like I said, of the articles of the barons, this list of demands from the barons. Um, this one, William Marshall cleverly packaged as this is the charter, and a royal charter being given um, for the reign of, of Henry III. And that, therefore, wasn't unusual. That was, that was quite standard for that to happen. So it's quite, quite a nifty move, I think, on the, on the part of Marshall. Yeah. But anyway, so we've got so Magna Carta, so we've covered that. But let's talk about the things then that make John really quite special. A shit. Yeah, and and I think he's. He, he, I think Mark Morris, who writes about him, just describes him as that. Um, Matthew Paris, who was a monk and chronicler um, in the twelve thirties, so and contemporary to John, he, <laughs> he on, on John's death. On mm. John's death, he states. I mean, he's a monk for goodness' sake, and, and he makes it he, better though. And it he, makes yeah, better. And he writes, "Foul as it is, hell itself is defiled by the fouler presence of John." <laughs> <laughs> What's it like to be popular? I think we get what Matthew thought of him. Um, but so let's let's talk about a few things that would have given Matthew that impression. There's a few. Let's shall we start with Arthur? So we mentioned Arthur. Oh, can I jump in before Arthur? Because it's this yeah, yeah. precedes Arthur and it also precedes so Arthur and this thing precede Magna Carta. And it's interesting because yeah. when the Magna Carta gets issued, as you rightly said, he goes to the Pope and is like, I don't like it. If that to me, make them go away. <laughs> um, that's my version of John. That's his voice in my head. Just I'm so Um 
But what he had done before, it's weird that the Pope stands up for him because he had really annoyed the Pope. Uh, he thought that he should have some say over who the Archbishop of Canterbury was. The Pope's like, no, mate, I'm the boss. Um, and so John says, no, I'm I'm doing what I want to do. He takes, he seizes the lands of Canterbury. The Pope publishes an interdict against him. John carries on fanning about, steals more church lands, and then the Pope excommunicates him. Which John's means that not bothered all... by this, is he? He's, he's no. not actually very no. religious. So no. He, and he's not bothered about his subjects who... Can't get means married, no f- burials. Yeah. Buried. Yeah. Ex- yeah, it's so important that, for the everyday he, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what it also means is that all of the kind of vacancies where there is money coming in, that all comes to John. So it's like a pre a precursor to Reformation. John's like, oh, delicious money. How lovely. Mm. Um, and he seems to be uh, as about as godless as a medieval king could possibly be. There is mm. a rumour, and I'm not quite sure of, of, of the veracity of this, but when he's in really got a really sticky wicket, there is... People that say that he approached um, the Ottoman Empire and offered to convert to Islam and take England to a Muslim Muslim country if he got military support. I I have seen that said. I have not seen sufficient Mm. evidence to say it definitely happened, but it's something that he is accused of. And then next up we have John. Or this is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I he didn't physically, physically go. Physically, okay. I was going to say that he, sounds like a lot of effort for John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, but he also promises to go on crusade. He's like, Popey, if you help me out, I'll yeah, take the cross. So he's like, doesn't he? Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't he go. do that? But then he then procrastinates. And, yeah. Doesn't go. Yeah. Doesn't go. Um, and then, of course, next up after after the kind of excommunication, the next thing that happens, and the barons can't have been happy about the excommunication. No. Like all of no. their, for a start, all of the um, abbots and stuff who are probably their brothers, let's be honest. Mm. So their family members leave England. They mm. exile themselves. So these people who, and the power that they had from being brothers of the local abbot or bishop, that goes away as well. Mm. Plus, mm. they can't baptize their babies, marry their children off in the eyes of God, um, for whatever that was worth at the time. And they, and they can't have the last rites proper burial, masses there for their soul. Like, all of that stuff mm-hmm. is a big no-no. Women can't be churched mm-hmm. after giving birth. So they can't... And like, we get to society. And how long does the interdict last? It's, it's, it's a couple it's of years, a, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's yeah, a like... a time. time, yeah. Makes you wonder how that worked in practice, but that, that might be a yeah. discussion for another day. But, um, yeah, so he doesn't care for the... He doesn't care for the physical or spiritual welfare of his subjects. And that, no. that becomes very clear. So that's in general mm. and specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the age of chivalry. If, you're, if, if you capture an enemy, you keep them. You, they may be, you may be taking their liberty for a time, but you keep them. You keep them safe and well until there's a ransom paid or there's a peace treaty and the and the and and they let go. Mm. Not, not John. Not John. No. John was not so inclined to chivalry, which you're probably not surprised to hear, <laughs> based already on um, on what we've said. Yeah. So, <laughs> which example would we like to draw on first? When do we want to bring Arthur in? 
Let's do Arthur now. I think it's a big. Do Arthur now. It's a it's a big, Billy big bollocks move. Like, and, then and then I'll talk about Matilda and William. Yeah, Kill. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, which is horrendous. So the, the the yeah. Now we've mentioned that John was not the only potential uh, heir to succeed his brother Richard. There was a middle, well, another brother. Yeah, so the brother that came between Richard and John called Geoffrey. Mm. Of was he Geoffrey of Anjou? Anyway, Geoffrey, yes, Je- Duke of Anjou. I think that, that rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. we we'll call him Jeff. I've got an uncle Jeff. Yeah. But anyway, so he. <laughs> That's quite <laughs> random. So did Arthur. Random and not. <laughs> You've got something in common. That's so nice. No, Arthur, Daddy Jeff, not Uncle Jeff. No, I mean, there's inbreeding, but he wasn't oh, his daddy yes, uncle. That is true. So it's Jeffrey, not really, but not there. Jeffrey had a son. No, yes, called Arthur. <laughs> yes, God, I'm getting confused now. There we go. We're there. So, we're there. We're there. But Arthur's Arthur's still a child, I think, when mm. Richard dies. This tra- is this right? Yeah. So anyway, so he um, Ali says, "Can we do a room on the Babington plot?" Yes, we can at some point. That would be fabulous. Yep. 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 History Biz Club. I wish I had an uncle. <laughs> well, I've got I've got like seven or eight uncles or something stupid. So well, that's just one of one of them had to be called Jeff. One of them had to be called Jeff <laughs> by law. It's the law of the land that we must drink tea at Elevenses and all have an uncle Jeff. <laughs> is he ma- is he and married no to Janet? John. Is he married to Janet? No, I have oh, an bring uncle Janet Janet. <laughs> Oh goodness! Circling oh. back to a previous room. Yeah, good old Janet. Oh, actually, a lady, Janet's just come in. Janet's just entered the room. We aren't. We aren't referring to you. Apologies. Oh, it, probably, it probably makes me feel like what have I done? Um, a few rooms back, I referred to somebody in the Tudor world, and I was like, "All right, Janet." And they were like, "That's not a very Tudor like, name." No one's. <laughs> <laughs> it was called Janet in the Tudor period, and so it became a thing. Um, so, hi, Janet. We weren't. We weren't picking on you for coming in the room. I'm, I apologise. <laughs> we were picking on me for calling somebody in the Tudor for, England, for, yeah. Janet. It was like not that very Tudor the name. only name not used in Tudor England. <laughs> <laughs> is yeah, that like is. the medieval equivalent of Karen? Is that what it is? Oh, Karen. When did Karen start? Anyway, let's not sell that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, back, to, anyway, back to Arthur. Back to Arthur. Arthur. Who wants to tell the story of Arthur? Oh, Any, anyone? <laughs> I Arthur. mean, okay, so yeah, go. Well, I mean, what the question is, what is the story of Arthur? Because there are many rumors, there are, there rumors. are indeed, there are indeed, there are rumors. And, um, so uh, apparently, let's see if you if you found different stories, there was mm. there was a and I can't remember the they they got around let's say in this in this little family and in this little period so i can't remember where they were whether in france or england but anyway john gets um when the arthur's got a little bit of uh, support and potentially going to be um contesting his throne da 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 da, da. john doesn't like this john has a hissy fit this is this is john's way <laughs> and he sends out an order for arthur to be um uh, blinded and castrated oh, wow. um and arthur's not very uh, i think arthur's uh, is he a Mid-teens. teenager at this yeah, so we would yeah. call him a teenager so he's not adult he spent most of his life sort of being this pawn in this awful game 
Um, and the uh, the guy who's in charge of Arthur at that time basically refuses to do it. And they decide to pretend that Arthur's died of his injuries. Then that doesn't, the story goes that that doesn't actually subdue this kind of growing rebellion idea. And so it's decided they better say that actually Arthur is still, <laughs> is still alive, actually. Um, and, um, and, then, and then when it finally happens... John John goes to him. Where is he stay? Where is he at? So the, um, the story goes that um, once again the French king pops up. <laughs> so Arthur rocks up like, to Philip. Are you arguing it, again? Yeah. Oh, there's <laughs> a different sides. one that I can I can take sides with. Um. So <laughs> Arthur rocks up to Philip and swears fealty, um, seeing Philip as the overlord of the. English lands in France and so Philip is essentially recognising Arthur as the heir and then they team up with the Lucidians who um, mm. John's peed off from marrying the child bride uh, and taking loads of lands away that should have gone to Lucidians mm. and they end up besieging Eleanor so her grandson ends up basically holding Eleanor hostage at Mirabeau but this is one of the times where John's quite decisive and he rocks up. He doesn't go where they think he's going to go. So basically he routes them and he actually grabs hold of uh, his nephew. Yes, that's who he is. He's his nephew. So he gets Arthur and then uh, takes him around with him. And then something occurs. And something occurs. Something something occurs. And Since potentially at the hands of John himself yeah and so the 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 I've been referring to Mark Morris's book I will give it a plug because I've been <laughs> I've been reading it a lot the last few days and um in there he he's a, he he's count that he believes I suppose is that John decides he, he kills Arthur mm. himself running him through with a sword and then ties a rock to his legs and dumps the body basically in the river the body washes up monks find it and he and he is given a proper burial mm. but i but i've heard those two the stories of the mutilation or potential mutilation and john killing him i've heard those merged those stories mm. i don't know whether that's just sloppy telling you know that people have sort of merged those two together but it, it appears that they are two separate occasions. The, um, the 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 order to mutilate Arthur to basically make him a take the threat out of him. Mm. You can't do much if you can't see, and you can't. I don't even want to. I don't, I don't even understand what the castration bit would be. But anyway, <coughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know how you'd survive it basically. And and then. And then through, sorry, and then and then he just decides no, he he has to go, he has to go. Well, I mean, he can um, like, you, I mean, you can survive castration because that's how we get castrati. Couple mm. of bricks, but don't they don't they just get rid of the the testicles? Is that what they get rid of with the castration? Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking if it was the whole thing, if it's the whole. I think can do in some. The, the 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 intention is by by blinding him, it makes him vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And by castrating him, he can't produce heirs. It, it, it neutralizes him as a as a threat because what 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 medieval king, what nation would, would want a medieval king 
who can't see their way into battle and can't father sons. Mm-hmm. History Biz Club. I hope no one just came in. I mean, it could get so much worse. <laughs> Which, I, there needs to be I'm some kind of like, content warning. <laughs> yeah, we should put... They, they, Instagram needs an explicit warning on... Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard the story that John is supposed to have killed Arthur in a, a drunken fit of rage. Mm, I heard that. Mm. Um, and I think that that sort of notion of somebody who's just completely out of control. Mm. Yeah. And he's known for his temper, isn't he? And his. Mm. Well, yeah. We've already spoken about his temper tantrums. And that's how he, he just seems to come across. Um. And but I mean, I think firefighting because he's always annoying. Yeah. yeah, I do think though that if he if he had lost his temper and was drunk and he went after this fourteen or fifteen year old, then the people he they would never have been actually alone alone. There would have been other people in sort of service of them. So mm. it, there would have been witnesses. Mm. What I think is probably more likely is that John went. Now I've got him. You're my, you're my pal. I can trust you. Can you just go and do a little smother, smother in the sleep? Um, that to me makes more sense that it was an assassination mm. and then mm. dumped in in the river. <clears throat> uh, yes, I think they're called eunuchs when everything was chopped off. That yes, in the in the harems they would have eunuchs. Mm. I'm not entirely mm. sure if it's the meat and two veg. Um, Possibly. I'm just thinking if that happens in a brutal fashion, i.e. a fit of rage or in order because, you know, an order from someone like John who's, we'll get onto it in a minute mm. actually, because I'd like to discuss the fact he's not a lone uh, worker here. <laughs> you know, there are people willing to do his bidding and we'll we'll talk about yeah. a, a couple more of the um, incidents that required equally sadistic, if not more sadistic mm. people to carry out his orders. And I, I suppose mm. I was just thinking if if something like castration and blinding is done in that with, you know, in, in, in that kind of fervor, that, you know, it's not, it's not a it's not an operation. Like the castrati, there was a process, a yeah. whole process. Not pleasant, but it was a whole process to do that. Whereas this isn't I mean, that being said, we do have we do have some 20th century examples. And there's one that's in my head very clearly from my true crime knowledge of the penectomy, shall we call it, being fully survivable. Fully. Yeah. I'm I'm going to direct you all to the case of um, the Bobbits. John and Lorena Bobbitt. Yes. Yes. And not only did he survive it, but his PP was reattached and he made pornography with it. I was going to say, he got a new career, didn't he? Yes. And I I think from from some background reading, and I I don't want to speak out of turn, I I don't think it was, it was sort of positioned as, oh, he was unfaithful, so she did this thing, she cray-cray. That is not quite the true story, um, and he was very abusive to her and uh, it's a whole mess of stuff but what it shows us is that <clears throat> a penectomy is not only survivable but you can reattach it if the mood so takes a surgeon and uh, it is even usable in the aftermath 
there so, we go. There you go. You've been you learn a new thing every day. Yeah. You learn something, you do learn something new every day. Yeah, something we didn't expect to uh to, to <laughs> All the blokes are sat there like this. Yeah. Well apologies, so, gents. Yeah. Apologies. So, <laughs> I, I just wonder though if those two accounts of the this this order being given because he's fairly he's very angry when he gives this this original order to do that and then <laughs> recycling at his best is the biz club um and um and then and then him finally you know Arthur does die and does potentially die at his hands that they kind of get merged and then we get the story of he was in a massive temper blah 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 it sounds a little bit too um I don't know the whole the whole take him into the river and dump his body and either if he did that himself I can't imagine he even did it himself mm. you know this isn't a man who shies away from everyone knowing that he is a it's yeah yeah I th- shit. that um that the body turning up having been weighed down by a stone is also something that I've seen contested I've seen that nobody knows what happened to Arthur, that he may not mm. even have died, like there wasn't a body found. So there's accounts, right. like the accounts are so murky, um, mm. but mm. he goes missing. Yeah. <laughs> and as we all know, um, uncles who are, have care of their nephews and then those nephews go missing doesn't mm. tend to look very good for them. No. But it's like we said, there hasn't been another King John, there hasn't been another King Richard either, has there? No. No, no, it has not. <laughs> Sometimes it's just, just best to just leave a name. So now, um, yeah. Arthur had built up quite a bit of support, and there had been various roundings up of of Arthur's supporters. Apparently, they were being kept in various different castles around England. I think England and maybe north of France. I'm not sure. So around this time, John sends out the order to have them all brought to Corfe Castle. Do you know about this one? And this is one of his favourite things to do. Mm -hmm. And Catherine, you can pick up this after because you've got another version, another um, example of this. And these, uh, I think it's 28. I've got 28 in my head. Um, knights basically and remember i'd said earlier this is the age of chivalry mm-hmm. so you have your captives but you look after them they may well be ransomed or you give them back as part of a peace treaty whatever no john has them starved to death which is extremely long extremely painful you've got i mean the dehydration mm-hmm. the the it's just the most incredibly there isn't a nice way to put someone's death ofs um but <laughs> yeah you know it, it seems particularly cruel to to choose what's going to be a long drawn out painful death of days and days and days um and yet yeah he has them starved to death at Corfe castle again this is example though of there are people willing to do john's bidding even though john is um people aren't they don't seem to be too um afraid to speak up we know that people don't like him and yet there are plenty of people still willing to do the most awful things on his orders but so anyway Catherine you have possibly something horrid 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 Mm. yeah um so we, we touched upon how you know Arthur's 
almost certain death stroke murder at the hands of um, his uncle occurred. And we don't know who exactly knew what and when, but there was, I think it's Debrose. I don't know if it's Debrose or Debrose. So I'm going to say Debrose because I can't remember exactly how to pronounce it, but the Debrose family were, um, had been quite well looked after by John as much as John ever really respected most people with one possible exception that I'll touch on very briefly if we have time later. Um, you know, they did quite well under him. William, I think he was the third um, Debrose. He very much rose under John, lands and titles and got good jobs, et cetera, et cetera. So his, his particular history and his family history is out there if you wanted to look it up. Now, he was one of these inner circle who may have known what had happened to Arthur, which, of course, there's always then a little bit of, mm, he knows a little bit too much, maybe. And he was married to a lady called Matilda. Now, we tend, as, as, as three strong women of the day, tend to just say whatever we like, <laughs> like that. Yes, you have to stand a bit like that. <laughs> That's very important. Split your hands on your hips and thrust your chest forward because that just emphasizes the point. And <laughs> um, she was, but in those days, she probably would have been called a gobshite, to be quite fair. But like there was nothing middle, wasn't she? Exactly. She was, so yeah. in that, back in those days, you did not do that. So that was a very, very bad thing. And her forthrightness got her family into a lot of trouble with John. So, um, <laughs> She kind of was very vocal about, she sort of said, well, hang on a minute. As you were saying, you, you know, Arthur was a hostage, essentially. That is not what you do. You do not treat your hostages like that. How are other people meant to trust you and have faith in what you do if these things are going to happen to your hostages? That puts us on a bad foot in terms of international diplomacy. So John's like, right, I'm not happy with that. <laughs> I'm not down with that me, shit. Me, me, yeah. me. <laughs> this, this is right. So he starts to get a bit suspicious of the whole thing. Um, mm. And he turns against the DeGros family. <laughs> Matilda the Gobshite. It does. I might actually change my name by default to Matilda the Gobshite. I think it quite suits me, actually. <laughs> That's a lot of football shirts. We're going we're gonna, to like, get branded football shirts and just have the Gobshite <laughs> underneath. And then a dead, deceased git on the front. That'll be our football team other. name. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realise that would be quite so amusing when I, I made that thing last week. Anyway. Um, so John was like, so he needed to find other reasons to like single these people out. So um he so um William had fallen behind in his payments to the Exchequer for the honour of Limerick. So that was a thing that John really, really sort of struck onto. But he mm. also had a friend called William Marshall who had had disagreements with John, and William had sided with him as well. And William's son Giles, one of the bishops that approved the interdict against John. So he had to make an example of these people. <laughs> I say that like that was an unusual thing for him to do. <laughs> It was, nah. a, it was a hobby, really, wasn't it? Mm. Um, so um, he, he said he was punishing William for his debts. And so he then granted the honour of Limerick to his son-in-law, hoping that that would cause a little bit of conflict between those groups of people. He appointed um, a mercenary captain, Gerald Unpronounceable surname. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald the Unpronounceable. Excellent. That's his real name, honestly. Yeah. As Sheriff of Hertfordshire. And this threatened William's Lordship of Brecon and Charles's position as Bishop of Hereford. So it was undermining all these things all the time. And then he went out, oh, and Will William's youngest son was, was um, 
given a big fine for forest offences. So I guess that was hunting when you're not supposed to and things like that. And then he said to William Matilda, oh, and are you? You're giving up your sons to me for ransom, right? So they all rock up on their horses. And she goes, no, you can cock off. What she actually said was, <laughs> you can cock I'm off. paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> what she actually said was, I will not deliver my sons to your Lord King John, for he foully <laughs> murdered his nephew Arthur, whom he should have cared for honourably. Shade, right? the shade, so, the shade of it all. Shade. This, this shade, thing about, shade, shade. This, 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 well, this thing about giving over sons. Was mm. was something that was quite commonplace, mm. you know. It happened yes, to William Marshall. Oh <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, this is this is quite commonplace, and yet John, back to the fact he was I no chivalry. I think it was because she was a woman, and apparently her, her husband went, "You've gone too far." <laughs> you know, probably agreed with it. You've gone too well, far. She had the money. She was the rich one out of the pair. So, so anything guess, William agreed to, um, it was her money, I think. So, so maybe she I felt she had a little bit more of a, of a don't say. care what you think, mm. love. Well, mm. apparently he he said, oh, I'll make amends for it. I'll make amends to these soldiers. And he was heard to her saying, um, you have spoken too much against our good Lord King. And anyway, anyway, hoping that the soldiers and the soldiers went back and went, no, you'll never guess what she said. So mm. John goes, bananas, obviously. And um, they sent him gifts and they did all this stuff to try and make him like like you do to all these people. And he was like, no, I'm coming for all of you now. Every single last one of you. And he sent out this public letter saying, this is why I'm punishing these people, because they owe the exchequer all this money. That, that's what it is. And I'm confiscating all their castles, et cetera, et cetera, because that's like an insurance policy. They, they, they can't, re, you know, if I have these things, he'll have to keep making his payments because this benefits everybody. This, this money should be going to the exchequer and, you know, all, all this type of thing. Mm. So, um, so he took possession of all these things. So um, William and Matilda and two of their sons fled to Ireland. Now, one of the things that we can we can say about John is that when he did something, he likes to overdo it. So he's got these four people in Ireland that he wants after. So rather than thinking, how can I get these four people back? He goes, I know. I'll launch an invasion of Ireland. OK, so not, not to react disproportionately or anything. I think there may have been some sort of, he might have been a bit miffed about all the things that had gone wrong in the past. Maybe he was thinking, they, maybe, you know, now's he's really my chance. reliant on mercenary forces by this point mm. as well. Yeah. Mm. Like he's, they, they don't. He just, has to pay. Yeah. They don't, they don't give two shits about him, do they? Neither does anybody else, to be quite honest. No, but they won't fight for him. No, exactly. So William tries to come to terms with him. It's not working. And um, Matilda, and, and they managed to escape, basically, um, on a boat and took a ship to Scotland. But they were captured by John's cousin. Now, <laughs> John sends these two ships to pick them all up. And when they arrive in England, he takes Matilda and her family. And it could be, um, he puts them in Bristol Castle initially. And so they're there and you're like my hostages now and everything like that. And then John agreed that he would give Matilda her freedom for a huge, 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 huge ransom. And I think 50,000 marks, marks, but Mm. she couldn't come out until it was all paid. So rather than a sum and then you keep paying it, she had to. So um, William did at this point what any good husband would do. I know. Um, He fucked off to France. (laughs) He did. 
So, um, uh, men. Yeah, <laughs> they're, all bas- they're all bastards. Um, <laughs> and his, his, his exiled son, Giles, was out there. Giles, it's an interesting name for also that's for that not, period. That's not it? a name you hear as often now, is it? Um, anyway, so Matilda finds this out and she's like, yeah, well, I haven't got the money. So basically you're not having it. And um, so she and her no bueno. to either Corf, <laughs> yeah, either no bueno. Corf or Windsor. Nobody's quite sure where. And I don't know. And this is his eldest son, is it? The other, the, yeah. another William. This another is, William. Is, so and I think he's already a father by this point as well. Yeah, he's got a family. Yeah, he's got a wife and children. So he was. Um, so William the Elder, as he's gone to France, is outlawed in every shire in England. So essentially, if he goes back, they're going to kill him. But he probably knows that anyway. If Matilda doesn't kill him first, obviously, yeah. skin him alive. And, um, yeah. So they. I, I don't know. You know, you, you think about you're talking about Shibley again, but even without that, women would often not be treated necessarily physically as harshly as men, if, if you know, in theory. So maybe William mm. thought that John wouldn't do that. So in which case, I don't know what he had not been paying attention. Like, William, where have you been? Like, he was coming at the intermission, like this has been happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, pay, yes, pay but... attention, love. Pay attention to what's going on here. Um, at this point, oh, well, I don't want to spoil the punchline. But anyway, no, carry on. <laughs> anyway, she um, and he ended up dying in France anyway, William. But it basically, he had Matilda and um, her son William imprisoned in either Corf or Windsor Castle. And again, he put them in a dungeon and he left them to starve to death. Now, some people say it was deliberate and some people say, well, maybe it was just a bit of neglect and it wasn't really meant to happen. But well, um, Adam. Yeah, like you do. But I'm mm. gonna I'm gonna read you this quote because this is and this is another good book. So this is Sharon Bennett Connolly's book on Ladies of the Magna Carta. And um she has written obviously about all of this in in, in great detail. If you um, have a nervous disposition, you may this, want this, to yeah, now yeah, this, for a this moment. Is, this yeah. is really, really quite horrible. In fact, um, in fact, once this once this depiction is this is this is going to be upsetting. Um if mm. you need to um mute then please mute and i will raise my hand like this when it's safe to come back but mm-hmm. look after yourselves because this is uh about to get it's about to be an issue yeah mm-hmm. this is nightmare fuel so, uh matilda's fate was more gruesome so if you wanted this is on page 45 of sharon's book just to give the reference she and her son were left to starve to death in john's dungeons whether deliberately or out of neglect by their jailers it is impossible to say and whether this was at call for windsor is unclear Tradition has it that when their bodies were found, William's cheeks bore his mother's mother's bite marks where she had tried to stay alive following his death. Anonymous of Buthane described the scene. On the 11th day, the mother was found dead between her son's legs, still upright, but leaning back against her son's chest as a dead woman. The son, who was also dead, sat upright, leaning against the wall as a dead man. So desperate was the mother that she had eaten her son's cheeks. When William de Breos, who was in Paris, heard this news, he died soon afterwards, many asserting that it was through grief. I have little sympathy for him, if I'm being perfectly honest. It's safe to so return John now. is a light. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Do you have any other examples of where he did uh, put a woman to death? 
I, I, you know, there were there were there were even more, by the way, examples. <laughs> We've got one more big one to talk about that I I can think of 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 where he's put mm, men and boys to death. But I, it was Matilda the only woman. Like was was William probably? Um, I mean, <laughs> oh, what have you done? <laughs> Sorry. Stop asking for the Wi-Fi password. Oh, children. Um, was, uh, was, was, um, yeah, sorry. It was William probably quite safe in thinking that he was, that, we, that Matilda would be unharmed? I mean, the thing is, this wasn't an execution. You, you don't, there's, there's no, there was no trial. You, mm. you, starving somebody to death is not within the bounds of a regular punishment or execution it is so far out of bounds and out of pocket that i don't think william thought that his wife's going to be executed by john and he would even less have thought that he she'd be starved to death by him because that's mm, so yeah. so far removed from what the the dumb thing is i mean the same with with um starving enemies to death what i will say is that there is there are some people perhaps seeking to rehabilitate john who question those starving stories and their veracity. Um, and it, one thing I want to say is that if you look at the um, chronicles, if you look at the way in which historians talk about John, he is unquestionably the worst, most depraved, most profane monarch that has ever, that this nation has ever had the misfortune to claim as their own. Mm. And my question is, We've we've touched on it so many times. Who are the people that are backing him up? Mm. I mean, it, it yeah. can't just be Mercs. He and, and they they're nameless. The people that support him, the barons that support his rule, they remain nameless. So mm. who are they? My point is that we what we do know is that John really falls out with the Pope and the Church. Really falls out. The people who are writing the chronicles are the Church. They are they are the people who are writing the chronicles. So I'm not saying that John is is not guilty of the depraved shit that he's accused of. It's entirely possible that he is. But I do think we have to give it pause and think about how much of this stuff. There's so much stuff that happens that is claimed to happen that would spark a rebellion yesterday. And granted, the barons do invite Louis from France to come and be their king. And that does happen. Mm. But that's quite late. Mm. And the stuff that he's supposed to have done, you would think that there would have been an uprising, that they would have just gone, this man is a tyrant. We must remove him from power. This is unacceptable. But they don't do that. So my question is, where is the truth? And where is the lie of who John was? Why are there apps? Why is there nobody that writes any redeeming account, like fully redeeming account of him? Um, except for maybe much later in Fox's Book of Martyrs, he gets a fairly good go over, but that's because he falls out with the Pope. <laughs> so, yeah. but that's way my down. Your, my yeah. enemy is your, my friend. Yeah. That's, that's a reimagining for a completely different political smorgasbord, mm. if you will. Why is nobody speaking positive about him? It's just such, it's such a absolute rout of his character that there's almost yeah. a part of me that goes, really, no? Could he have actually been that bad? But maybe that's just but, me but, being... But, 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 because, because it is by contemporaries as well. 
I mean, I've been yeah. talking about Matthew Paris, but you know, he's known for his cruelty, and you know, he, he's 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 um, and the fact he's not very pious at all. <laughs> so, like, he, he's he's um, mm-hmm. uh, he's criticised for blasphemy, and so you know, this is this is, and evidently with the Barons uprising, everything that this is not people aren't being quiet about their discontent with John. Mm. Yeah. For sure. It, it is. It's very, um, yeah, it's it, like, how is he not just overthrown? And it's just, it's, it's weird that people like Matthew Paris, all of these, they are, the invective is so clear against John, but they don't name any co-accused. I mean, even Walt Disney gives him two co-accused. But with John, who, who, who's supporting it? And why doesn't Matthew Paris mention it? What's going on there? Why is, why is yeah. he seem to be acting alone? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, is this the only reign that we, it's probably not, but I'm, I'm going to say that we sort of, we hear about the sheriffs more. So, you know, who was in charge of Corfe Castle? I think that was a sheriff or something. Whether We know the sheriff of Nottingham <coughs> was a bad one as well. He becomes notorious, I think, in his time and since, why Disney picks him up. Mm. Um, and... You know, when do we ever hear of sheriffs? I suppose not until maybe the witch hunts we start hearing of sheriffs again. But they seem really important in propping John up. Um, Jem says, was there a better option for King at the time that we've made contemporaneous, contemporaneous, sorry, <laughs> contemporaneous accounts of John's actions beneficial? Arthur was young, others had died, mm. but was there someone else? Only as well... Well, before Arthur dies, um, quite close to Magna Carta, so he's an option. Um, And then, of course, John does eventually have his own son. Mm. So there is... uh, The the bottom line is Arthur, to one sense of purpose, Arthur has a far better claim than John. Let's call a spade a shovel Mm. here. Because Mm. um, he is the son of a brother who was older than John. In the rules mm. of male preference primogeniture, the inheritance should have gone Henry the Young King, he predeceased his father, um, then Richard and his heirs, then next, Geoffrey and his heirs. Geoffrey predeceased his father, but he does have a son. So mm. that should be the line of succession. Um, and then, of course, we we have John who, who claims it because Richard names him as his heir, allegedly, maybe. That's mm. what the story, <laughs> I think, that's the story I think as well that... The, the male rule isn't actually fixed at this point, is no. it? No. So there is like, there is that. We we like to kind of think, oh, well, the Normans came over and what they said was, <laughs> but that wasn't yeah. actually the no. case for quite a few generations. They're like, here are the options. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're probably going to go with the eldest son, but maybe it's not. But maybe, maybe not, not if he's a child. There's, yeah. an, ad- there's an adult man uh, yeah. also available. And they're, <laughs> also, you know, available. also available. <laughs> Although Other I will say... are available. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other thing that John is accused of doing is that when he's, like, fleeing and sodding around and trying to, like, evade Louis and fight Louis and generally being a prat is he misjudges the tide like this man doesn't even bother to learn oh, the geography in... <laughs> of his own sodding realm um, and he loses all of france so he can't be bothered to learn about the one he's got and so he he loses his baggage train in an area of england called the wash um and it said oh, no. that 
Who can guess why it's called that? Yeah, the the clues in the title, Jonathan, you fool. Um, He's not Jonathan, I'm calling it. I'm full naming him in a way he's not Jonathan. Just Um, tell him off. Jonathan, I'm going to lengthen your name. My, your liege, Jonathan. And apparently part of what was in that baggage train were the literal crown jewels of England at the time. So he, he lost he, he lost the crown jewels in the wash. <laughs> well, he does that. but and, and men die in that stupid decision. You know, he yeah. gets people killed because he's daft. You see, I yeah. think, did that actually happen? Or was he pretending he'd lost them? So that he could siphon them off for the cash. Well, they've never been found, have they? I mean, so might, it, could be it might be another somewhere. insurance scam. He set, yeah. it, he set it up somewhere and someone will find him one day. Some kid out with a £3.50 metal detector <laughs> yeah. will find that one of, one of his mercenaries had hidden them under a tree or something. Yeah. That would be like, a great story. Horde of John. Yeah. In his, in his life, discovered. what we see from the Chronicles, in his life is that John manages to fall out with his family. So his parents, his siblings, his nephew. He falls out with the French, the Scots, the Irish, the Welsh, the Pope, the clergy. Like there is, there is nobody that this man doesn't have a spat with. Like he is just Mm. reactive, heavily reactive. Mm. Um, My belief is the best thing that Henry that um john does for his son henry is die die while henry is yeah. still very young yeah and where there's going to be a regent and the basically the barons get a chance to reset the nation mm-hmm. through the reign of of henry and mm. it i think it's it's the closest we've come to a to civil war to invasion after 1066 we, we were invaded well we were yeah um yeah. It's, it's also and, and essentially what seems to have happened and certainly the way shakespeare portrays it is that john dies and everyone's like oh hang on louis thanks um it's been great having you <laughs> but we've got this little boy and he's way more biddable than you so oh phew fuck yeah. thanks <laughs> and basically thanks, they, no thanks they enter this kind of military stalemate and the and the upshot is they just bribe Louis to go away and he's like yeah. all right no see you later thanks thank you for your time <laughs> you thanks for coming don't come again the vacation was not successful on this yeah. occasion <laughs> you are the weakest link <laughs> goodbye yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's I mean he's, he's hanging around for quite a while you know we're talking like six yes. months or a year or something he gives it a good go you no know? yeah it does and he, he was does. recognized as king as well like yeah he, we did have a king Louis despite the fact that the that it's not in the same way we had a Queen Jane. Not on my ruler, ruler. Yeah, they're not on the ruler, ruler. That's it. It's not on my ruler, but ruler, Edward so the Fifth is. Not legit. It's not Edward on my fridge magnets. <laughs> you know, isn't it? Edward the Fifth will be on the ruler, ruler, despite never yeah, being oh, yeah, crowned. Yeah, 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 he's on, yeah, he's on yeah, my yeah. fridge magnets. Although no, I I have invented <laughs> one that has Jane on it. If you ever see this one in the shops, this yeah, this one has Jane. Oh, is that Matilda? I got that one. I got that one um, for that reason. Yeah, she's there. She's is there, Matilda there? Execution block. No, well, Matilda was named Lady of the English, wasn't she? Which is a very interesting yes. title. Domina. Um, yeah. So, anyway, we'll get on to her another day because I think she's interesting. She's double R bastard, that one. <laughs> she's, she, she, she's what? Double R bastard, oh, bastard. As, as the kids on TikTok do. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I've no idea. Ice in the veins. Ice in the veins. Yeah. Oh, well, see, Kat knows I mean, these things. She had um she had no problem with um what would be the what would be the word? Ultraviolence. <laughs> I mean she was she was violent and but you know naming herself or keeping the title empress oh yeah um you know I mean she 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 did she was no shrinking violet let's Mm -hmm. put it that way um so yeah there's I mean there's other things so so people could say well John was very interested in justice he 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 took an active interest, active interest <laughs> in the crime of punishment. He committed <laughs> crimes and gave out punishments. <laughs> Surely this is a redeeming feature. He takes an active interest. He took an active interest in order to fine people quite a lot yeah. of money. Um, he protected the Jews like a mafia racket. So again, yeah. not not a fabulous. Uh, there's, there's like we can't find any, any kind no. of redemption. I, I, I have one, one little thing. Ooh, um, it's it, it's um, be- bearing in oh. mind. So the story of Nicola de la Haye is is speaking of badass women is is definitely one worth looking at because she's awesome. And so I would encourage you to uh, look up about uh, Nicola de la Haye, and she was one of very few people. Now, and I, I'm saying that that John respected. Um, because I want to bear in mind the fact that because she was a woman as well, and I, you know, in, in those days, the fact that she, you know, she defended castles and she stood up for herself, and this was seen as very unwomanly and very unfeminine. And it was, that, yeah, there was we say that every time though. We say that every time a woman does it. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Some things haven't me. changed. Um, but he actually had a little bit enough respect for her to um, make her sheriff of Lincoln in the hours before his death. So for him to actually recognise somebody who had shown him consistent loyalty when she was a woman, for him to actually kind of have enough respect for a woman to recognise. I know we feel like that is the right thing to be doing. But in that period, and bearing in mind, him was him. It almost like yeah. in his final hours, he went, oh, yeah, all right then. I do appreciate well, maybe, this maybe even he, even though she's a bird, she was all right. Well, maybe he didn't think like that. Maybe this is a redeeming feature of John. Maybe John is the only king for quite a long maybe time. Maybe John was a feminist. I think John was um, a, a narcissistic psychopath who, if you were useful to him, he didn't care what was between your legs. Like unless he was yeah, trying to fuck he, you, he didn't care what was between your legs. If you were doing care the job for him, woman or a man. Is it? Well, it's an interesting. It's an interesting thought. Now we are at. Unbelievably, Ooh. an hour and a half. I'm sorry for that. I've got to go for my tea time. I've got to go for my din I've got to go for your tea time. Um, it's a bit more an admin error. <laughs> what do you mean, Nicola's a girl's name? <laughs> Nicholas. Nicholas yeah. Delay. <laughs> He's like, where's Nicholas? And then they're like, this is, no, this is Nicola. They're like, hang on, she's got tips, mate. That's the why I fucking <laughs> didn't put this. <laughs> if she can wield a sword, I think he was interested. Boom. Um, now oh. there is just one last. We're being asked what the next week's topic is. Yeah, we'll get well, there. I'll come back to that. Yeah, um, there is one last incident that is another one of these quite quick decisions of John with horrendous circumstances, and this is the hanging of. So this is back to the Welsh um, uh, arguments. <laughs> arguments. <laughs> 
kerfuffle. So, yeah, the kerfuffle. The kerfuffle with the Welsh. That wasn't. Um, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, it, it continued. But the, the one there was a number of Prince of Wales. I think, as I believe, as I understand mm-hmm. it, and one of them was a guy called Llewellyn, Prince of Wales, um, and he uh, sets about another rebellion. At, I can't remember what year it is. You have to excuse me. Um, but there is. There, there, because of this sort of hostage situation that is just kind of the norm, which must have been horrendous for the people, normally young sons, so that the sons of basically people who are supposed to be towing the line, they're all in Nottingham Castle. The uprising starts again, and John orders for them all to be hung. Now, there's, there's again, there's, there's conflicting accounts, but the... The one that gets um, repeated most often and on Nottingham Castle's information themselves is that there were uh, 28 boys, so it might not have been 28 nights before, otherwise there's some odd thing with 28. Um, 28 um, boys aged between 12 and 14 that the order went out. Again, sorry, you might want to just mute me. For the next 10 Yeah, seconds. I'll wave again when we get past yeah. the really dark stuff. And the order goes out. They're 12 to 14. Now, anyone who's got lads who've got to 12, 14, you know that they're still children. They are, they're boys. They play. They're children. And these boys are playing. The, the order goes out. And, and these boys are, all 28, are uh, hung over the castle walls and killed, um, dragged from where they are, screaming and pleading. And 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 just hung and I just think again back to the discussion. There are people. John might have given out the order. Safe to come back. There are people willing to carry them out. So yeah. I mean, if I, I've got to say, if I was if I was a mother of a boy at that at that time, um, I'd rip John's arms off and beat him to the bloody end before he touched my kid. But. Uh, I can I can see why he starts to get the backs up of people like Matilda. I mm. can see why you wouldn't just hand over your boy to him. Mm. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. No. He's no. John is not John is not going to be starting his own monarchical babysitters clubs on my watch. Put it that way. Like he is mm. he is not passing his DBS check. He does not get to pass go. He goes to jail. Do not collect hundred pounds. Like the end. Game mm. over. I've mixed mm. so many metaphors there, but I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> it was a metaphor fest. Yeah, it was good. Mm. Mm. So, um, <laughs> sounds like modern politics. Well, luckily we don't have to hand over. A, mm. well, little bit. Mm. Fortunately for most people, there's a little bit less baby murder um, in modern politics. Thank goodness. Um, it, yeah, there should be. Yeah. yeah, we don't generally have as much control over our children as we thought, but that's another topic. So. <clears throat> uh yeah we're at over an hour and a half now thank you so much for sticking with us this has been rather intellectual <laughs> on our parts we've done some swears we've done some swears not actually as many as i thought would come up when talking about the most disgusting king in uh potentially in english history i can think of some continental ones that may well take yeah. a biscuit but um but john is certainly one of our worst I uk days this is first history after dark and it was slightly gruesome it's usually smutty occasionally <laughs> yeah. gruesome more commonly more, more commonly, commonly the genitals stay attached and we talk about people 
people <laughs> doing sex with them um rather yes, than but um, not, sending photos, just as a, but not sending photos no no dick pics <laughs> no, 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 no dick sending pics allowed no um no anyway on that on that note <laughs> You're welcome. With everyone's genitals safely attached, <laughs> we will bid you. <laughs> what a way to sign off. This is going to be a Classic. podcast for posterity. So cool. Right. We're going to sign off. Thank you, everyone, yes. so much for joining us. We do really appreciate your, yes. you spending this time with us. And I think many of you have stuck out the whole hour and a half, which is impressive. Dedication. Uh, it is dedication. We are patience is noted. Thank you. Yes, yes. Your loyalty is noted. We are no King John. I can tell you that. <laughs> yes. I just say I was waiting for it to dissolve into chaos like last week. <laughs> Our reputation oh. precedes us. We will see you yeah. next Wednesday for the chaos. Don't, the chaos. don't worry. Don't worry. We've been really kind of. I think it's because we all did a lot, quite a lot of work for this one. We did. We kind of needed to impart the information sensibly <laughs> rather than just piss it all up the wall. <laughs> Don't worry. We shall, we shall, we shall go, we shall um, delve into the depths of depravity again soon for your entertainment and, um, and ours too. Ali says, come visit yeah. America. Well, when we go on tour... Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah. This is just a dark tour. Um, then uh, then then we will we will come over like the rock stars we are with children in tow. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, anyway, we shall we'll, we'll get <laughs> one of those one of those big coaches with the with the beds in that you have there. Oh, Winnie Bago. That's what's called, yeah. People have Winnie Bagos in England. Daftest idea ever the roads are not big enough i would love to to have a little winnebago road trip but only yeah. in america where the roads are big enough yeah can we, can we stop at hotels in the evenings because i'm i don't like being in something that moves when i'm asleep so we're not going to drive while you're in bed in a road trip people take it in turns if you're going a long way don't they you, know, you do stop in places if you just keep, if you've got a long way to go, you get a driver, don't you? Because you're posh and you're on tour, you have someone to drive. Hey, it's still the us. Way. I don't know who you think. Like we're not actually Mariah, mate. We're still us. Chill oh. out. Say, <laughs> says orange M and M's woman over here. That's oh yeah. the rider. All sweets are the orange. Yeah. Yes. yes. If you're in the cat's dressing room. Only All sweet the orange. orange ones. Yes. Yes. The orange ones. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right then. Anyway, we are signing off. Um, <laughs> it got weird Kat again. Has not yet had her tea. Yeah. yeah. Dindins. I am hungry. Dindins time. Dindins time. So thank you, every, every, everyone, ever so much. We will see you again next week. Bye, okay, bye. guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. This has been the History After Dark podcast with Philippa Lacey Brewell, Dr. Kat Marchant and Catherine Brooks. You can catch us for History After Dark live on Instagram most Wednesday evenings at 8.15pm. Make sure you're following us all on Instagram to get notified when we are going live. You can find our Instagram handles and details of where else you can find us in the show notes.